Welcome to an audio stream from San Marino Community Church, featuring sermons drawn from our pastoral staff and various guest preachers. We are ready now to hear the scripture passage. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. If there then is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This summer, we're engaged in a preaching series, Summer Packing List. You and I have been privileged to listen to marvelous sermons from Jessica Von Lohr and Tom Toole, encouraging each of us in meditation, fasting, study, simplicity, and solitude. We would probably affirm each of these virtues, although I did chuckle with Tom as he told me before he preached that Sunday that he'd be preaching on fasting on Father's Day. The invitation came from the Library of Congress. Would I be willing to come to Washington to speak to members of Congress at a breakfast meeting? They told me they held these breakfast meetings several times each year. They assigned the topic, Leadership Lessons from Abraham Lincoln and Ulysses S. Grant. I asked, how long should I speak? The reply, 10 minutes. 10 minutes? I was to travel from Los Angeles to Washington, D.C. to speak for 10 minutes. After a pause, the voice on the other end said, members of Congress like to talk a lot. (laughs) I decided to make the focus of my 10 minutes, I cheated and spoke, I think, for 17. The creative tension in both Lincoln and Grant between ambition and humility. Ambition and humility. After the brief talk, people rushed to their offices in the House of Representatives or the Senate. Some lingered to talk. When I talk, I often try to focus maybe on one or two or three persons who seem to be very engaged in the conversation. One such woman seemed to linger to be the last person to come to speak to me at the end of the breakfast. She identified herself as the wife of a congressman. She said her husband had served in the House of Representatives for 20 years, 
but now so discouraged, he decided to retire early. She then asked me, and I noticed as she began to speak, the tears began to well up in her eyes, and she asked me this question, do you think humility can ever return to American politics? You hear in the emotion in my voice, I've never forgotten her question. Do you think humility can ever return to American politics? I believe humility is an endangered virtue today. In politics, sports, and entertainment, it's too often been replaced by self-importance, pretentiousness, sometimes even arrogance. Will we ever again see a Vin Scully, the legendary announcer for the Los Angeles Dodgers, who never talked about himself, but always talked about the game and the players. The Oxford English Dictionary defines humility as the quality of not thinking that you are better than other people, the quality of being humble. As a high school kid, I still remember that skit, maybe you do too, where one of the counselors would stand up and try to get a laugh from all of us by saying, humility and how I achieved it. And we laughed because we knew this seemed to be the opposite of humility. This boasting did not seem to be humility. If humility seems to be disappearing in our culture, I think it's front and center in the New Testament. Jesus said, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart. In the scripture passage undergirding today's sermon, Paul describes the pattern and life and death of Jesus. Let that same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, going on to say, being found in human form, he humbled himself. Now before we go too far, let's be honest, do we fear that perhaps humility will rob us of achievement, of ambition? Let's be clear, humility is not self-loathing, it's not letting other people put us down, but let's not also minimize the obstacles to embracing humility today for ourselves, our children, our grandchildren. T.S. Eliot, regarded by many as the greatest poet of the 20th century, warned, humility is the most difficult virtue to be achieved, the most difficult virtue. John Meacham, in his wonderful biography of President George H.W. Bush, tells the story of Dorothy Bush, George's mother. In raising her children, she wanted them to do well in school and to do well in sports, but she gave her children something which was much more important. In her words, give the other guy credit, be kind, don't whine and complain, count your blessings, be honest, your conscience should be your guide, and then finally, it's not good manners to talk about yourself. Well, when young George ran for his first term in Congress, he was not successful in Texas, after his first campaign stop, she wrote him a letter, George, you're talking about yourself too much again. Oh, I like Dorothy Bush. If today we have plenty of examples of hubris, of self-importance, we need to immerse ourselves in our summer packing list in examples that can encourage us. In the book of Acts, the story of the growth and development of the early church, Paul writes to the elders at Ephesus, you yourselves know how I lived with you in the entire time from the first day I set foot in Asia, 
serving the Lord with all humility. Three centuries later, Augustine, the great early church father, wrote these words, should you ask me what is the first thing in religion, I should reply, the first, second, and third thing in religion is humility. The early church, the church through the ages, understood that humility is central to living the Christian faith. At that breakfast meeting for the members of Congress, in speaking about the tension between ambition and humility, of course, I wanted to tell the story of Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln, as he traveled for 13 days from Springfield to Washington in February of 1861 to be inaugurated as the nation's 16th president, his final stop was in Trenton, New Jersey, where he spoke to members of the, of, of the New Jersey legislature. And he said these words, which have stuck with me, I shall be most happy indeed if I shall be a humble instrument in the hands of the Almighty. Lincoln disappears in his greatest moments. In the Gettysburg Address, he does not use the personal pronoun one time. In the second inaugural address, he uses it but two times. A humble instrument in the hands of the Almighty. David Brooks, in his marvelous book, The Road to Character, tells the story of driving home one evening and listening on, as National Public Radio did on Sunday nights, broadcast an earlier epic radio program. This one was on August 15, 1945. I checked yesterday, you can listen to it on YouTube. It was after Japan had surrendered and World War II was finally coming to an end. The program was entitled Command Performance. It was done before a live audience in Hollywood in a nation of 140 million people. The estimate was that 95 million people listened to the broadcast that evening. 95 million. The United States and the Allies had just won perhaps the greatest victory in the history of the world against the Axis powers. The host, Bing Crosby, was, the program was hosted by Hollywood Entertainment people, began in his casual way by saying, well, it looks like this is it. But then he went on to say these words. Today, though, our deep down feeling is one of humility. Oh, humility at this moment of great victory. Actor Burgess Meredith read a passage from Ernie Pyle, the famous war correspondent who had been killed several months earlier. Ernie Pyle wrote these words, we won because our men are grave. We did not win because destiny created us better than other people. I hope that in victory, we are more grateful than proud. With the radio program over, Brooks went inside and turned on the television to watch a pro football game. He watched as the quarterback threw a two yard pass to a wide receiver and then watched as the defensive lineman did a victory dance celebrating his self-importance. Brooks could not help compare the self-interest of the pro football player with the humility that he just listened to at the end of World War II. This past Sunday, Jessica reminded us that in our sermon series, we are in the first five Sundays looked at the internal virtue for our packing list, beginning today in the external virtues of our packing list, and finally at the end of the summer 
in the way those virtues work their way out into community. Her point is that the individual virtue is something we need to integrate into our lives, but we can only do so as you and I participate in the community, in the San Marino Community Church. Several months ago, I was invited by an organization to do a podcast. I'd never heard of them. They were called themselves the Braver Angels. I've now begun to learn about who they are. The Braver Angels came together after the year 2016 because they feared that people were becoming so divided in our country. Could they bring together Democrats and Republicans to do the Braver Angels, of course, is a takeoff on Lincoln's words in his first inaugural, the better angels of our nature. So this organization trains people. You have to be trained. How do you speak to people on the other side? Ten nights ago on the PBS NewsHour, Judy Woodruff, uh, former host of the PBS NewsHour, interviewed six of these Braver Angels at their national convention held in Gettysburg this July. Each of them started by telling the story of the pain in their own lives as they found families divided, friendships divided. And they joined the Braver Angels because they needed to learn how they could bridge these gaps, they could overcome these divisions. And so the conversation went on on the PBS NewsHour for 15 or 20 minutes, and finally at the end, and you could almost see and hear a wistfulness in Dorothy Wood, in Judy Woodward's voice, well, what do you think is the way forward? And after a pause, one person of the six said, the way forward is to recapture humility. The way forward is to recapture humility. The San Marino Community Church offers so many opportunities to grow in our faith, to express our Christian love and justice in, ex in the external community. Yes, we do so as individuals, but I've discovered that we do so together here in this marvelous congregation. In conclusion, if what Dorothy Bush called, and I forgot to say this in the sermon, she said to her children, son and daughters, the great I am, I do not want you to be the great I am. I want you rather to be persons who live out humility. The Apostle Paul suggests that to do so is the leading virtue of what it means to follow Christ and his example. He says to us, if there is then any encouragement in Christ, be of the same mind in humility. Augustine says, if there is any encouragement in Christ, humility is first, second, and third in the Christian faith. May it be so. Amen. You have been listening to a production of San Marino Community Church. Find our worship services on YouTube or subscribe to our podcast on Spotify.